Welcome to the shit show of my 20s. My name's Sophia. I'm a 20-year-old loan officer from California. I started this podcast back in April 2020. Got furloughed from my job for about three months. And during those three months, I was very honest with myself. I was like, we can either start emotionally eating. We can start suppressing these feelings of not feeling worthy because you've lost this thing that you attach so much of your identity to. Or we could start that podcast that you've always been wanting to start. So I decided to go with that second option and I'm so glad I did. I've interviewed over 130 people since then. It's been incredible. I've got to interview music artists and seven-figure entrepreneurs and just all these incredible people with different stories and different ways of how they got to where they are and just hearing about their journey, hearing about their shit show moments because we all have shit show moments and just learning how to navigate them better and learning how to learn from them and take them and create something magical out of them. And I'm so glad that I get to interview all these incredible people and I am such a big believer that you can radically change your life in a year. You can just radically change your circumstances, where you're at. And I remember being 19 and just trying to get a job and applying to like, I was applying to Ross and like a smoothie bar and like all these places wouldn't take me. And I was like so offended. I was like, why is no one taking me? And then I finally passed my NMLS test and then I got a job with a major mortgage company. And I was like, oh, that's why they didn't take me because I was meant to go down and get this job instead of that job. And I went from being 19 with zero dollars in my bank account and just being so stressed about money and so stressed about like is it gonna come into my life do I what am I gonna do about this to being 20 year old with over 60 grand in savings and I think one of the big changes that I made between those two was even when I had zero in the savings account I still believed that I was abundant I still believed that money was gonna flow into my life I still believed in something that I couldn't see at the time because I knew it was just a matter of time before it was gonna come so I'm such a huge believer and you can radically change your scenario you can step into that next version of you and that next version of you that higher self version of you she's not that far away as you think i think she's just there's just garbage in the way and it's just undercovering that garbage that's in the way of you getting to her and just stepping into that and the next version of you with the next level of results it's something i'm super passionate about and i hope from this podcast that you get to hear these stories and relate with these people and just relate with like not necessarily like just reconnecting to that path of what you want to do and reconnecting to that higher version of you and what you wanted to be when you were younger and what lights you up and what brings you joy so i'm so excited for you guys to hear these episodes would love to connect with you on instagram my instagram's the shit show my 20s dm me and love to have a conversation and feel free to share this with someone you know will love it and you can also leave a review on itunes i would love that today's guest is emily i love chatting with her Emily is known as the Angel Coach. She is celebrated internationally as an author, speaker, spiritual teacher, intuitive business and life coach, and transformational visionary guide. She's known for her unique and powerful gifts to deliver accurate and loving guidance from the angels and ascended lights. Her delightful humor, playfulness, and loving presence powerfully shifts individuals out of psychologically and spiritual difficulties and into a higher state of knowing, love, peace, healing, and divine recognition. She has guided thousands of individuals into intuitive awakenings, personal and creative growth, and transformations into their capabilities to create the life of their dreams. 
in this interview, we go into so many incredible things from talking to angels, how we're able to receive this guidance, this divine guidance. Do we have to be open to this guidance in order to receive it? Lessons she has got from her daughter and so much more. So excited for you guys to hear this episode. Let's get started. So thank you so much, Emily, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. Love to start. Tell me about your 20s. Feel free to include any shit show moments we might resonate with. Let's start there. All right. Oh, gosh, I haven't gone there in a while. <laughs> not to not to give my age, but it's been it's been a while. It's been a little over 20 years, let's say. But that being said, it's been 20 years. But my 20s were pretty much I definitely had my my shit shows. But when I was in my 20s, I was actually shown where to go to college. So I ended up in a place that I feel supported me in, in multiple ways. And I was really connected with the environment. So I feel that when I confronted my shit shows or my challenges, the environment I was in was very supportive. So I would do a lot of hiking that became my, my, let's say, call it, you may call it my church, my home, my space to just kind of unwind and, and let it all out. Um, my hiking, I did white water rafting and all sorts of stuff that supported that. And it's funny because I'm being given a vision of uh, a vision of me like screaming in my car because I was so stressed out and overwhelmed. And it was between exams at at school. I was working. I was leading a a human resource department for a company at, at that age. And I had all this stuff that I was working with. And I was also doing a nonprofit, helping people in the community. So there was just a lot going on. And I remember I felt so overwhelmed and I audibly heard, let it out, like let it out. And I remember I'm driving, feeling stressed out. I'm like, ah, and I audibly heard, let it out. And the vision I'm being shown is like me just belting it while I'm driving, like belting. And, and it's not, it wasn't even crying. It was like a roar, like a deep roar. And I remember that after that, I felt this complete in that moment, in that of this sense of surrender. And I think a lot of times when we go through whatever it is we're going through, our shit shows when we're feeling mentally overwhelmed, like things are just aren't working out, or we feel like we're hitting one door and it isn't opening. So then we go to the other door and it isn't working. It's like we keep tripping over ourselves. We have to give ourselves permission to feel the emotion of it, but not like subtle. Like we have to like let the roar out. And that's the vision I'm being shown. And I learned that early on in my 20s. And it's something that I've come to value even right now at the age I'm at. And also something I've taught my daughter, I've taught the people I work with is that we have to give ourselves permission to belt it out, whatever way it looks like. A lot of times we try to convince ourselves, like, I got to get it together, or I have to be over here instead of over there. And we forget that by just letting ourselves be where we're at that those are the most powerful defining moments in our life. Because when we do that, it's as if there is this overwhelming surrender I'm hearing that helps us to see into what else we can focus on. So a lot of times, and thank you, one of the things that at least for me and my own experience of my 20s, I'm actually being told, so for those who are hearing us, I hear guidance, but I'm actually hearing that we should probably make sure we address that because some people are probably wondering why the heck I'm talking to myself. Thank you. <laughs> so I don't know if you want to do that just to have people who are listening, because I'm, um, I am going to share some things that happened in my twenties with regards 
just a, an awareness that I feel I have now at the age I'm at and what the purpose of our 20s is. So if you want to, I don't know if you want to address that because I'm getting that some people are wondering why the heck I'm saying thank you and, and getting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you could go into like the visions you're getting or like who you're talking to right now or what conversation you're having besides the conversation you're having with us. Yes. So since young, I've been very blessed to see angels, to see what I call masters, to see beings of light, to see people that are in spirit who are no longer here, who've crossed over. So it's just been part of my whole journey. And I hear guidance. Sometimes I'll see visions and I feel it intuitively in many different ways. I feel like my biggest mission and vision and purpose of my life is to help people understand that we all have this ability. It's just pretty much, you know, it's kind of like shifting people from looking at one mirror into the other mirror so they can see that it's already inside of them. So as I'm talking, as you guys can hear, I'm saying thank you because I've just started that since young. Gratitude for me is very important. And I feel like gratitude has opened many doors. And my hallucination is that in my own accessibility of just being grateful for the guidance that I'm hearing has opened me up even more. So I do it unconsciously now with the whole thank you. So that's why you guys heard that. So one of the things that I came to I guess an awareness that I have in in the 20s, I feel like at that age, we're obviously, yes, socially, we're we're given a different freedom, right? We're, we're, We're given permission on some level to express ourselves, right? To be more of us. Yeah, we still have things and rules and whatever it might be, we have to follow, but there is a different level of who we can be. And regardless when you moved out, even if it was like when you're 15 or 18 or like got your own independence, because everybody's different, there is a, a breakthrough I feel that happens in our 20s. And it's kind of like we somehow intellectually, but also intuitively somehow tap into understanding or knowing like, wow, I actually can be me. But a lot of times what happens is like, I can be me. And then you're like, who the hell am I? You know, It's like, well, who am I now? Now that I'm here, like what, who else am I supposed to be? And I feel like twenties has actually been so, I feel like it's a beautiful time in our lives for us to really stretch ourselves and actually get out of whatever boxes we've been put in. And I say it like that, just because obviously we all grow with parents, with people in our lives, leaders, community schools, like we get so many things put into our heads. And 20s is just a very powerful time. And again, just my own experience of perceiving and even just seeing my daughter through her own development, and even clients that I coach that are in their 20s, it's as if there's like this, they've called it breakthrough that takes place, the switch turns on. And something deeper turns in and it happens again in in our 40s, by the way, it pushes us into seeing what else, what else can we become? And, and from experience, just even in my 20s, and even just now, it's like, sometimes we have a lot of shit shows, because they're pushing us more into owning who we are. And you're an example of that, by the way, you know, like you said, it's like you are going through all these shit shows. And you're like, you know what, I'm sure other 20 year olds are going through this. Yeah. So what happened? It's like your shit show opened you up into purpose. And we forget that like our shit show, our mess is our story, our message, right? We hear that. And we forget like literally that's so freaking true. Whatever shit show is going on is literally just opening you up or pushing you or nudging you into like, what else can I do with this? It's part of the purpose. It's part of who we can become. And sometimes some of our challenges are part of what helps us to, and they're showing me a vision of like a, a landscaper, 
kind of like fixing this beautiful bush and like trimming it here and there. And our shit shows are giving us a chance to trim, trim our show, trim our story, trim our, our baggage, you know? And I, I feel like a lot of times in our twenties, we may not see the power in it. And we may, because a lot of people in their forties, fifties, even their thirties, they look back and they're like, ah, oh, like, you know, I wish I would have done this, or I wish I would have explored this. And I feel like with your show and also just that, that story being embraced more by individuals and, you know, people in their twenties, like owning that, like, man, right now there is a level of you that is trying to become and the shit show is part of it, right? A lot of wonderful businesses, a lot of wonderful movements, a lot of wonderful breakthroughs have happened through the shit show. And I just understanding that whatever's happening in your 20s, it's, it, you know, one of the things that I like to say is that sometimes our challenges are trying to ignite the thought that is helping us channel the invention or the solution to something bigger. And you are an example, once again, of that. Your shit show help you to download and create a show that is helping others who are going through that to help them to understand, hey, you are not alone. You know, this is something that we're all going through because it's also part of this beautiful phase that we're entering into and going through that are offering us an opportunity to, to bring something more. And so, yeah, that's a, that's a little bit of my thoughts. <laughs> I love the that. I'm getting <laughs> I love that. And I want to know like more about your path. Like, did you always know like this was the thing? Like I'm intuitive. I have these special gifts. I'm going to utilize them. Or did you go through like kind of like a series of like, oh, this is not it. This is not it. This is not it. Like how, how'd your whole path unfold for this? So great question, by the way. Um, So as I mentioned, I get a lot of guidance since I was little. Um, I would be actually audibly guided and how to stand up. Like when I was in high school, I had a lot of insecurities. I came from Puerto Rico in middle school and I got picked on because my accent was horrible. You know, my mom was very strict. I wasn't allowed to shave my legs till I got to high school. So I just got picked on a lot, by the way, not in a bad way, but more because I was different. I went to a school that was the majority was white and and I was seen different. Anyways, I'm sharing all of that because there's a reason. But when I was younger, early on, I would hear guidance, like, you know, stand up straight, look at people in the eyes, because it it would, they would teach me that it was helping me embody more confidence, and it would help people receive me differently. So guidance and instruction, let's say, or teaching went through all the way. I mean, it's been all my life. Um, But I was shown where I was going to college and all that different stuff. It was funny, because even though I would get guidance and shown things very clearly, Um, again, where I was going to go to college, when I was going to meet my person, when I was going to get married, like everything, there was a lot of me that was kind of like a rebellious child, you know, I would get guidance, I'd be like, no, like I'm doing this instead. And then I'd be like, dang it, I wish I would have listened, you know, and I remember I would sneak out of my house. (laughs) And I would be warned sometimes like, hey, don't go, it's not a good time. And then I would regret it, right? Because some of the things that would happen. But so it's been part of my journey. But when I got into my 20s, I married young. I met the so they I was told I was going to be meeting someone within three days that was going to be my future husband. And I remember I was driving and I audibly heard it. And I remember getting really mad, like really mad, 
because in my vision, I wanted to open up a center for the youth. I wanted to have this place out in Colorado. Like I had a completely different vision of my life, of what I wanted. And I'm sure a lot of 20 year olds go through this, right? It's like you have a vision of like, what is life now with freedom, with like all this stuff. And I recognized part of it was that I had this whole vision of my life and freedom. I was going to travel. I was going to do this and I was going to do that. And I just had so much. And I was told that, and I remember I got very upset, like, this is impossible. Like, there's no way I'm going to fall in love and get married and blah, blah, blah. And I was told that once I got married, I would go ahead and stay married and that my full on purpose, what I'm doing now would open up once I had my kids and all that. And three days later, I met him and it was love at first sight. And I knew. So through that, we had a daughter. And so we got married at 21. We had a daughter when I was 22, 23. Um, who special needs, like fully disabled. So, you know, maybe I, I, I went through some things in my 20s that I don't think most 20 year olds go through. So there was a lot of sh- show with that. She started having seizures at age two, really bad seizures, like where she would stop breathing and all of that. But just like I shared with you, like, and I shared earlier that our shit show is our purpose, right? It helps us to anchor our why even more. It helps us to move more into purpose and who we are needing to be in this life. And she really was that for me. So in my twenties, I spent a lot of time in the hospital and a lot of time upset, you know, and actually at a time where I actually felt very betrayed during that time, because I went from hearing so much guidance and getting so much clarity to literally my daughter seizing and I hearing crickets, like hearing nothing. And I didn't know how to help her, but through that challenge and through that struggle, it pushed me to seek. It's the same thing I'm talking with you. Like all our challenges offer us an opportunity to seek a solution, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe for ourselves, but also for other people, because like you said, other people are going through the same thing. And for me, it pushed me to seek more of a connection. Like it put me in a path in which that was my number one focus and priority. How can I perfect my ability to hear guidance to deliver guidance and to act on it without exception. And that's what happened. During her challenges, I started seeing literally beautiful angels and beings even more than ever before. And they would tell me what to do. There was many times, and I don't share the story too much because I end up crying, So, <laughs> but I'll share a part of it. The There was times where she did pass. Like they were like, we lost her. Um, there was two main ones and they're like, we lost her. Like there's, there's you know, One was in the ambulance and the guy in the back is yelling to the guy in the front, like, you know, we need to hurry. She's whatever code, whatever they do the code. And I remember I felt fear and panic hit like horrible fear and panic. And I saw Archangel Michael and Archangel Michael asked me to just breathe and be a surrogate. And Archangel asked me, asked me to just breathe for her. That's all I had to do. And I'm sharing this story. And I know they're sharing the stories because a lot of times we go through a lot of things. We all do. In your 20s, you're going to go through them. In your 30s, you're going to go through them. And in your 40s and so on and so forth. And one of the biggest things that if you can really own this in your 20s, it's going to change a lot of things. And what that is, is that you are more powerful and more available to do more about what's happening in your life than you realize. You know, you're not, you're not who you are and who you can become based on your circumstances. It's owning and understanding that there is this powerful presence within you, whether you call it soul, energy, whatever you want to call it, 
it can do more than your human mind can perceive. And the more you choose to lean into that, the more you can awaken. And they're calling the giant, the more you can awaken that giant. And that giant is not for just one person or two people or a thousand people in the world. This is for all of us. And we just, we forget. So when Archangel Michael said to breathe for her, pretty much that was it. I was being asked to be that giant and to just breathe and decide that I was going to help her through my own stillness, through my own silence. And as, as soon as I closed my eyes, I took a breath. She started breathing. By the time we got to the ambulance, it's as if nothing had happened. They were like, she's fine. I remember the doctors at the hospital, like, she's fine. And they're like, no, she just coded. Like, they were like, no, this just happened. And another time, same thing. By the time we got to the hospital, she had completely blue. Um, she was getting poisoned with carbon dioxide and like we lost her. So they were going to cut and they were going to try to put a tube down her trachea. And uh, same thing, total fear terror for me. And right when they were about to cut her, it's like the matrix. So those who have not seen the matrix, that's more from my age, but if you haven't seen it, it's a great movie. Um, But it's as if everything stopped. And I saw what I call the Holy spirit, the energy enter the room. And same thing. I was asked to just breathe for her. And I was asked to just be that for her, right? Like, and I was given a choice and this is important for you guys to own and learn. Now I was given a choice. And I was pretty much being shown like in that moment, there is the availability for me to feel peace or the availability for me to feel the chaos and the terror that I was feeling. And in every moment, they share with this with me all the time. And I teach my daughter this all the time, that every moment we have a choice. We forget we have a choice. No matter what's happening in our lives, we always have a choice. And we always have a choice how we perceive or choose to feel with what's happening. And I know it seems basic and I know I'm probably preaching to the choir. You guys get this, but if you can really master this in your twenties, life will open up in powerful ways. You have a choice and depending on what choice you move into in the moving energy, because this is important, whatever choice or thoughts you focus on from whatever is happening will determine the outcome. So if you feel like you're in like crash mode, planes about to crash, you're hearing the sirens, you're like trying to hit all the knobs, trying to figure out in life what I need to do to avoid this crash, (laughs) you know, you have a choice to feel that or you have a choice to just sit, connect and be like, wow, what do I want instead? What do I want instead? So in that moment, I was given a choice and, and I was being told by the, what I call the Holy Spirit. I was told, do you want to feel the peace that's here right now, which logically most people would be like, that'd be impossible with what was happening. Or do you want to feel the chaos? And I remember I put my hand on my heart. I took a breath and I said, I choose the peace. That's all I did. I said, I choose the peace instead. And when I did that and took a breath, my daughter started breathing. So right when he was about to cut, she came back. And same thing, like nothing happened. She was back and moving around, laughing, being her happy self. And the doctor's like, this is a miracle. Literally, they were calling it a miracle. But what I came to learn in my 20s is that that level of understanding can change even the most drastic and chaotic circumstances that seem immovable, that seem impossible, that seem unchangeable. Like, doesn't matter what it is I was going through with Caitlin, that's my daughter's name. The experiences that I went through her, her with her, you know, as her mom helped me to see that there was more and it helped me not to just see that there was more outside of us helping us, but that there was also a lot inside of me that can help me change what was happening, not just for me, but for her and her well-being. So yeah, that's a little bit of some of the 
that shit shows a big one <laughs> was taking mm-hmm. place in my twenties and what I learned from it and how it's become more of my purpose. It's helped me to embody more of me in a powerful way, in a good way. Yeah. It's an incredible story. I'm like speechless. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's incredible. And like that time between like, when you're like, feel like you're always getting hits, you're always getting guidance. It's always there. And then for a patch of period, there was like, this time where it kind of all went away for you and you didn't hear anything mm-hmm. what was kind of that process like for you of like opening up that channel again so you started hearing guidance again or like what was that whole process like for you so I actually looked into Reiki Reiki is something I looked up right away and uh it helped me I actually looked for Reiki not for me but to help my daughter I mean I did so much it's crazy like I fasted for 10 days just praying for a miracle. <laughs> I fasted 10 days. I went to church events. Like I remember I went to this evangelical event, thousands of people. And it was the guy who would like touch people and they would like fall back. And, and same thing. I, I literally, I went on a search on, on every level possible. I, I did again, events like this. I looked for, for anything, any books that would show me how to heal how to heal her and how to, how to perfect my healing. And that became the biggest thing. So actually, thank you. One of the things that I'm audibly being encouraged to better define. So I'm going to do that better define is at first I started looking outside myself, right? What could others do for me and my daughter to help her? Like what could somebody else do outside of me to help her to change what was happening? And I found myself still feeling stuck and not seeing things moving. And I did that again through the, some of the examples. When I did the Reiki, this wonderful Reiki master, she's beautiful. She helped Caitlin. Like Caitlin, I remember one time I called her, had 103 fever. And out of the blue, they don't know what causes it some, or back in the days. Um, and that's when she would have like the really scary seizure. So I was in panic, like rushing to the hospital. Like I remember calling her like, can you please begging her, please just send her, sorry, just send her healing, you know, and just begging her, like, whatever you can do, just help her. Cause I was terrified, terrified that she would have one of the big ones. And this was before a lot of, you know, before I had uh, those other experiences. And I remember she was like, I'm going to do it right now. And she did. And Caitlin's fever went down, like within, I don't even know. It was so fast. And Caitlin stopped crying. Like it was like, and I remember laying in bed that night because I did take her to get checked and she had gotten better. And I remember laying in bed, like, wow, like what else is possible? Like what else is possible? And I said, I have to learn this. Like, and it kind of like there was a switch, right? Where it was like, if someone who doesn't love, like know or love Caitlin this way that I do can make that impact and that shift within her body, what else is possible if I became that, right? So then it shifted from looking for solutions outside myself into solutions of who I needed to become to create the change, you know, to create the benefits for my daughter. So I, I did Reiki, I got certified. And that was a very powerful experience. I had a lot of things show up, I felt them literally touching my head when she wasn't touching my head, I, I had all these auspicious things happen, numbers show up, like things everywhere that were just like, wow, like something is happening that, and before, you know, I would see and hear guidance, but I went for what, and it wasn't even that long, but for me, especially because of the extreme emotions I was having, it was a really long drought for me. 
So when everything started like happening and I started seeing numbers and, and like all these different things, I was like, oh my gosh, like something's happening, like something's happening. Um, and then I remember I was going to do Doreen Virtue. I was going to go get certified as an angel, angel person. And I did it because I felt I started having all, thank you. Got it. They're wanting me to rewind. So I'm going to rewind real quick. So I got certified in Reiki and literally went into learning that. But one of the most powerful things you're audibly telling me to, to mention is that I committed once again, in my own desperation, I committed to meditating one hour a day, every day, no matter what I was doing, that would be my commitment to open up, right? Even more. And it was really neat because those moments became so sacred. Like I craved them. Like you crave freaking an addiction. It was so addicting to me because when I would have these hour sessions, I would literally see so much. I would be literally like traveling and also traveling and like having this euphoria, euphoric freaking experiences that were just mind blowing, physically euphoria, like literally physical excitement. It was amazing. So then from there, I wanted to then, so the journey of our life, when we go through our challenges, we hit a breakthrough. We realize that we can seek help. So after we seek help, we realize that it's about us mastering it and owning it to really create change. And once we get to that place where we've mastered it, what do we want to do organically? Teach it. We want to share it with others, right? We want to tell people like, hey, I found something that works. You know, I found a way. So we get excited and we want to tell other people. So that's what the phase I was in. So again, all this is still in my 20s where I was like, I want to show other people. And I was like, well, who am I to do this? Like, you know, and I remember they would tell me, they're like, they're like, uh, you're doing it. Why do you, you know, they would tell me you don't have to get a certification. And I'm like, no, I have to. And it was actually really cool. I was going to go with Doreen Virtue and I was about to book my certification, get my trip to Hawaii. Like I had it all planned out. And then I audibly hear the name Deidre and the Deidre Abraham, I think it is Deidre, but they audibly said it, never heard of her, nothing. Googled her. She was in, she was three hours away from where I lived and she was doing certifications, angel certifications. So I actually went and traveled and did her certification. And they were saying, if you need a certification, we'll get you a certification. And she was amazing, very powerful. And sorry, if, let me know if I'm rambling. Am I rambling? No, right you're now? not. Okay. So I went to the certification and I feel like this is another level of discovery that we get to in our journey of life. So when I got there, the program was great and it kind of helped me to be like, oh, wow, I know this. I've been doing this. Like I know this. And I remember they woke me up and then and during one of the days or the evenings and I was so tired. I remember telling them, I'm like, I am too tired. If you guys can keep me up, it's a deal. I'll go. They were like, do a meditation. So I remember I sat up, I put my feet on the floor and sat up. And then I said, if you guys can keep me up, it's I'm doing it. But if not, you guys have to let me sleep. So I remember I sat up and I was so tired that I let myself go back. And there's two things why I'm sharing this part. So when I went back, I didn't, it's as if I went into the best way I could explain this is if I went into like everything shifted and I was standing next to my five-year-old self when I was five years old and I went into a memory. And when I was around five at this time, I was at my old house and I was standing next to my again younger self on stairs and I was witnessing something. And what I was witnessing was not very traumatic, let's say. So I was watching a memory in which my younger self went through a traumatic experience. And 
during that memory, I was encouraged to pick up my younger self and hold her through her trauma. So I picked her up, I held her, and I remember my younger self just crying from what had what was happening and had happened. And all of a sudden, my older self, I started weeping, like weeping, like a deep cry that we all know what I'm talking about, where it's like, oh my gosh, this has been hiding in there for a long time. And it just came out and my younger self stopped crying and she fell asleep on my shoulders, but my adult self continued to weep until I felt peace. And when all that happened and I came back from that experience, they were saying, now you're really ready. And what I, and after that, I went back to the event and literally my intuitive intuition had somehow skyrocketed, rocketed even more before when I was younger, my intuition would just come randomly, but I entered a place and space in my life in which I could just ask and get it instantly, not just for myself, but for others. So when I started, when I came back at the event, I remember I was giving dates, name, locations, like things I would have never known, countries of places and locations I would have never known. Be like, oh, I'm being shown this city. And I don't know what this city and the lady's crying. She's like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, that's where I'm from and blah, blah, blah. But it opened me up. And now I know why they want me to share all this story. There's two things to this. One is that the most powerful thing we can do is go back to taking time to look at what's holding us back from within all of us. All of us have experiences that were part of our childhood, that were part of our teenage years. There's a lot of things that we've all been through and not one is worse or better than the other because we all, one thing that I've been taught is that we all go through the spectrum of all the emotions, all of them. For somebody losing their grandma is as traumatic as someone who, um, let's say they went through physical abuse. And it's not about one being worse than the other is that we go through the emotional spectrum. We all tap into it through our own unique experiences, the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, all of it. And the biggest thing in my twenties that I learned also with that, and I would encourage everyone to explore, because again, it just, you become a powerhouse after that, taking time to be like, what has been part of my history, part of my past that I can choose to love and heal right now, that I can choose to confront and face. Because the reality is there's a lot of things within us that sabotage our progress, that sabotage our ability to, again, intuitively receive more, the ability to become more successful, the ability to create and and do a lot of things, the ability to fall in love. And it's because there's things within us that just need to be looked at and loved. And what happened to me in that experience is that I went back and I got to love myself. It's not about having anybody else love my wounds or love my pain that I had gone through, but about me just looking back and saying, I get it. This is there, right? That pain is there. And I just need to love that. Not necessarily what happened, but love whoever I was during that experience so that I can heal it. So that was a very powerful experience for me. And then moving forward with the last thing that I was going to say about when we enter that phase in our life that we discover, like, I can really make a difference in people's lives. And I can really make an impact by authentically just sharing what life has taught me. And you don't have to be in your 40s to do that or 50s, you could be that in your 20s. And again, because that started for me early. And, you know, like you're doing it again, I'm proud of you. And I said that to you earlier, it's like you're doing it, your, your struggles and your challenges, your shit shows have pushed you further. And I can guarantee you, you're not going to be the same woman next year. And, you know, it's like, you've done all these wonderful interviews, but you're literally unveiling more of you. 
you know, and I think that that's part of another thing that I wish I would have done more in my twenties to add something here is that, like I said, you go out seeking for growth, then you realize that you are your own growth, right? And then once you enter that mastery that is unique to you, that's when you put it out into the world. It could all happen in your 20s. But one of the beautiful things that I've come to learn or they show me is that we are all very connected. And I know we hear that a lot. We're very connected. And your perspective of life offers me a gift because I will never have your perspective. I will never have your eyes. I will never have your experiences. I will never have your wisdom ever because it's uniquely owned by you. But when we come together, when we learn from each other, when we exchange, when we witness each other, we borrow it from each other, right? We can borrow it. We like, we share it, you know, it's like we're eating dinner together and we get to share a meal together. And one thing I wish I would have done more in my twenties is seek more like-minded people. I think that that's not just waiting for life to deliver those people, but seek them, go out and find the environments in which people meet you where you're at, not just wait for them. You know, in my twenties, I wish I would have done more Tony Robbins events because <laughs> I love Tony Robbins a lot and I love their events. They're so much fun, but again, seek more of your people and also seek more growth, be the sponge, you know, learn from other people's perspectives and do growth events and do growth things because it lights you up on fire. And what's what, what other, what other way, what's a, what's that funny? They want me to say it differently. Okay. I'll say it differently. There's no other way to live than lit up, right? And if you can find as much as possible ways to light yourself up, it could be through meditation. It could be through a hike. It could be going to events, but finding as much as possible that lights you up because what happens is that it puts you in a very different trajectory. You know, one thing, and I'm going to talk about this in my life today, we have many timelines available to us. Our life isn't like, oh, it's one path. Like we have one destiny and that's it. Now we have many destinies. We have many potentials in our lives. So many things that we can experience depending on our free will and our choices. We land here or we land there. And they're moving energy to that because that's important. They're telling you for people to hear. And at age 20, you can explore in such a way that you open up your opportunities and possibilities in which, you know, challenges don't have to be your reset. Your reset and your breakthroughs become your choices of staying lit. So what does that mean? Staying lit and enjoying connections and exploring more of yourself becomes those triggers into your next versus challenges being what push you to your next. So that would be something I definitely encourage you in your 20s to explore and continue to explore. Yeah. And I'd love to go into, I feel like when we're younger, we have more, we have less resistance towards like, you know, guidance. We're kind of more connected. And then Mm -hmm. kind of as we get older, we get less connected and kind of turn it off in a way. Mm-hmm. So I feel like with guidance, do you feel like it's something we have to be open to in order for it to flow in? Or can we be not open to it and it still continues to come into our life? And I'm asking, because that's a great question too. It's funny because you're oddly saying wisdom shows up differently through different phases. Like again, my, my, my experiences is that I've talked to a lot of people around my age and even older who their level of intuition and wisdom has awakened more than they were in their 20s. So I think that the reality is, is that the level of accessibility for our intuition happens throughout all our lives. What happens is, is that we go through phases, right? Where 
you know, in our twenties, we probably are more hustling and more like trying to get done. We're young, we have energy, like there's so much happening. So in the hustling and all of that, we can get trapped in routines and patterns that then in our thirties, we may not be receiving as much guidance because we got caught up in routines that started and got determined in our twenties. And then what happens around our forties and fifties, some people confront that instant and moment. They're like, am I really happy? You know, it's like, and you like start looking at all your routines and patterns you've committed to. And then you're like, shit, I'm not happy. So then what happens? You go into another search, you start hustling once again, like you did in your twenties to try to figure out who you are and, and so on and so forth. What I'm trying to share, and that's how they wanted me to deliver it. What you're being invited to explore with your question is that the reality is we're all intuitively connected and guidance is available to all of us. But regardless of our age, you have to be mindful enough and conscious enough to decide, I want it. I want to perceive it because the reality is everybody's picking it up. You're highly intuitive and I'm sure you may notice, and I'm going to say this because the reality is, is that all of us are intuitive. Some of us are highly receptive to our intuition and others are not, but we're all very open. What happens is, is that our mind begins to interpret what those guidances are. And we fail to notice that that was an intuitive hit. Sometimes we're like, oh, that was weird. We'll get a random thought of a person or we'll get something. We're like, that was weird. And then we ignore it and keep going along the way. And then the person, let's say, maybe contacts us or something happens. You're like, oh my gosh, I was just thinking about you. That's not an accident. That was your intuition, right? Mm -hmm. Or you think of someone and then what happens? Same thing. They ping. I, I always say you got pinged when I think of someone and then they contact me. I'm like, oh, you heard my ping, you know, because it was like somehow they felt me. So it's like understanding that we are receiver as much as we are contributors. And what I mean by that is that we're constantly in a receiving end of guidance. And the more that we choose to open up to it and notice it and be mindful of it, the more we receive it, the more we can tap into it, the more it expands. And it's not because the angels are saying, oh, this person's paying attention. I'm going to give them more signs. No, it's because you're paying attention. And this is a psychological thing, right? Reticular brain and all that stuff. Psychologically, cognitively, you start noticing it even more. You start paying attention even more. So it's not that all of a sudden you're given more stuff. It's like you pay attention to it more. So a reticular brain is what looking for it and paying attention to it more. And then it becomes an organic experience that is an exchange that your human mind perceives all the time. I hope that makes sense. That was a little. Yeah. And then the second, second thing I'm being shown is that, again, we are creators. So we are not just receivers. We put stuff out. So understanding that we can create also how much we want to perceive. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Oh, that makes sense. So for example, if you wake up every day and you say, I want to open up my intuition to this, like, how can I create more abundance? How I can connect to my amazing, delicious, sacred union. Like, how can I, you know what I mean? It's like the, the more we just understand that we're putting it out, we create it. We are setting the clarity of it. We're inviting it. The more it can be received as well. So it's kind of like that beautiful paradox. We're constantly receiving it, but when we also choose to engage more with asking for it, the more it meets us in the middle. And then that's when freaking amazing stuff can further flow. They just showed me something and I need you guys to repeat it because I don't remember. Thank you. And I, I, I'm sure you already know a little bit of this, but again, in your twenties, if you guys can master this, it'd be powerful. I tell my daughter this all the time, even with her girlfriends, you know, we're about to go into a, a, a little manifesting trip. I'm going to take the girls and we're going to go manifest. 
you are more of a contributor to your life than you realize. And what does that mean? You can manifest a lot in your life. And if you can explore those ways, like manifesting, like I want to create more of this, or I want to manifest this, or I want to manifest more ease in my life. I want to manifest these opportunities. Like you have a role to play in that. And when you consciously take time to like feed that, envision that, create those thoughts and those emotions and those energies, you can create your whole life. And it's not, I'm going to say this loosely because life isn't about creating and making everything fit in a box of what we think we want, but staying open enough that we can broadcast what it is we are wanting to experience, especially the emotions we want to experience so that then life through its beautiful expression can deliver it in a way that it's going to be fulfilling, right? It's going to be fulfilling. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that they're audibly encouraging me is that those listening in your twenties or older, whatever age you are, take time to be more mindful of what it is you want to experience in life versus letting anything outside of you dictate what can happen, what you, especially right now, gosh, you guys in your twenties, there's so much so much that you are going to be a part of in this human history that you're here to contribute more than you realize, like more than you realize. And you will be ones to change things for humanity. You and those be after you, you know, you guys are going to change systems. You're going to change infrastructure. You're going to change things that are not just going to benefit you. They're going to benefit lives that are to come. And I feel like that's an important reminder for anybody who's listening. I mean, whatever age you are, but especially in your 20s, gosh, there's so much ahead of you that is going to be part of humanity's history that I want to just encourage you to know that whatever's pulling you, like whatever you feel pulled to contribute, to feed, to love, just lean into it because you know, I, I am very grateful that I get to see, I call them awakened superhumans, the kids and the children that are coming to change things a lot. I mean, we all are. I, I do that too. We all are at all ages, but in a bigger way. And they showed me that it's the children, a lot of children that are coming in now, but it goes all the way into the twenties. You know, I've been very blessed to work with, there are 21, another one's 23 already. Another one's 25. And they're here to create shifts and create changes in the system. Like they know it, they can feel it. They they just can see it. So I just want to just also add that you guys have a bigger mission or movement. You're part of a bigger movement than you realize. And, And no matter how separated they tell us we are, no matter how much we see it in movies, in the news, in our music, no matter how separated we told we are, we're told we are, we're actually more connected. And you along with many other beautiful individuals have come at this time in human history to help shift a lot of things. And it's an exciting time. It's not one to fear, but it's exciting. So that's something definitely that I would love to add to. And again, just celebrating you because what you're doing now, this is part of it. You know, a lot of times I hear from people, they're like, oh, I should be doing this and that. And like, oh my gosh, I want to, and I'm like, We don't realize that the more we step into our own awareness and do what we feel pulled to do, the more we give other people permission. You don't have to like put it in a megaphone and be loud about it, but just by doing it, you energetically on a soul level, give people permission. And the more people in their twenties, give each other permission to be themselves and be part of what's pulling them. 
the more we will see shift in our reality and consciousness a lot faster. So yeah. <laughs> I'm curious, like, do you ever come across people who maybe they've never heard of guidance before, or they're like brand new to, you know, angels and guidance and how they can tap into their intuition. If you come across that um, person, where do you like, what like tips do you have for them or what can they start to do today? That would be something helpful for their journey on leaning into divine guidance. Great question. Let me ask. I have a thought, but let me ask them. So I'm actually audibly being encouraged to just invite them to just say, or invite them to just say, I'm ready. I'm open and available to be shown. I'm open and available to see more. And it doesn't have to be anything that's sometimes we overcomplicate things. It's part of our human nature to overcomplicate it. But the reality is that it's that simple. It's not about like, oh gosh, now I have to do this and I have to go dress in white or have to go on a cave. Or I have to meditate and I have to fat. No, none of that. Like all those are just stories that people think are required, but none of that's required. All we have to do is turn the switch on. And the switch occurs when we just consciously make a decision. I'm open to seeing more, right? And open to being shown that this is real, right? It, it's not like, it's not about even saying that you're needing proof, but you're just saying, I'm open to it. I'm open to being supported. I'm open to seeing that I'm being guided. I'm open to receive insights. I'm open to perceiving is what I'm audibly hearing. I'm open to perceiving more of my own intuition and how it moves through life. Like I'm open to it. And then from there, when it shows up, it's not about devaluing it, you know, because that's what happens to a lot of people. They ask for something and then, for example, they might see repetitive numbers or they'll think of something and then it happens. They're like, oh my gosh, what just happened? Like that just happened. And it's like, they'll under undervalue the answers that are delivered from their request. And one thing that I've learned also, I learned this when I was young and the questions we ask limit our accessibility to what we can receive. Nothing else. What does that mean? Too many times we ask the wrong question and it's not that guidance doesn't want to come to us. And it doesn't mean that things can't come to us, but we just don't ask the right questions. You know, for example, like I've heard people say this, like, what's wrong with me? Why isn't this happening? Well, what kind of answer can you get when you ask that kind of question, right? You know, an example of a question like that is like, what choices can I make different today to open up to this? That's a question that guidance can come through and give you results, right? Give you the actual steps for results to happen. So when you're wanting to open up more to intuition, be mindful and understanding that put out the intention. And then if you're going to put out questions to receive guidance for the questions that you ask are very important, right? They're significant to seeing what's, what can come back to you. I love that. And can you go into some more questions? Maybe we should ask ourselves today. Yeah, let's see. You know, a question I love to, I ask this a lot is like, how can I open up more to joy? How can I open up more to joy today? You know, another thing I love to ask is like, what else is possible that I'm not seeing about this situation? You know, like, let's say something's happening and it's either whatever, what else, what else can I open up to that I can see about the situation? And that can happen even when you're frustrated with someone, right? When you feel triggered about something happening or not working out. Um, That's actually a very powerful question, by the way. Um, Like if let's say you tried for something, applied for something or did something and it just didn't work out. 
or you thought you were going to get something and didn't work out. It's like, take a breath and be like, wow, wow. What else can I see about this situation? Or what else, what else is possible, you know, that will give me the same results? Because when we do that, we literally open up portals, what I like to say, into for other opportunities to come in or for clarity to come in to know what you need to change. So those are wonderful things to ask. You know, for those who are in college or school, I, I teach my daughter this and I've done it. And even the, when I was working with the, with the ones that are in their 20s now, when they were in school, you know, it's like even for tests, when you're learning something, like when you're about to read something, taking a breath and just asking your mind, like receive an anchor or remember the information that is important and relevant. You know, and there's studies about this, that our brain is able, this is what's crazy. There's studies about this. So I want to recommend you guys look at this, but there's research that our brain is able to perceive into the future. I don't know how much time, like it's able to do that. And even our body, I think it might be our body too, but like, it's like our body and our mind's a little more, it's more intuitive than we realize. And there's research that shows that it like knows like certain times there's a test where a body will go like this before something you know, it's like the body response before it happens, because again, intuitively it's sensing. So one of the things that I have, I've taught is that idea that when you're about to do something, a test or even a certification, I was a freaking ESE teacher and no kidding. I, the opportunity opened up very auspiciously, you know, my daughter who's special needs. I remember we were at a game and I mentioned it to my husband at the time. I made a comment about something and I'm like, oh, it'd be great to be a teacher or something. And then the next day I got offered an opportunity to be an ESE teacher, but I had to take this huge test that everybody told me there's no way you're going to pass the first time. It's going to be at least three times. The principal prepared me. Everybody said it. I passed on the first round. Everybody was shocked, but that's exactly what I did. I literally, when I was studying, I just asked my brain, my consciousness to retain the information that was relevant. Right. Like, and even asking the question, what's important here? What's important here? Or what do I need to see that is relevant or important for me to know? That could be in a situation that could be anything. And it even with relationships, right? If there's some things that you're doubting, like what are, what are, what is the truth that I need to see in this? So instead of like, oh, is the person doing this? Or can I trust them? Or am I safe? Like, no, another question you can ask, and this is comes up for a lot of people, right? They're like, is it, is he the one or is she the one? Or is it good that I'm dating them? But like, just take a breath and be like, how can I see more into what this can become? Like, what else can I see about this? Can love really be experienced with this person? Can delicious joy be experienced with this person? You see how the question puts us into a place of receiving intuitive guidance. So then we know. I hope that makes sense. Um, (laughs) So with the testing, they tell me to go back with the test. So usually when everybody, you know, if you're studying something and then, and I actually do this um, even for events, before I go to an event, I open up and I say, how can I perceive and see the people I have to meet with grace and ease? I started that young. And now when I go to events, literally people light up, like I'll literally see people light up and I know I have to talk to them. So just something to little things that I'm adding here for people to explore. Um, and then if you're doing a test or an exam, when you're in the exam, just say, um, where, what can I do right now to open up to the answers that are in there? Sometimes you might feel like moving. Sometimes you might feel like taking a breath, but the answers are there. So it's just pretty much asking the mind and sending the mind to open up 
you're choosing to open up, but then you're also choosing to be shown what you need to do to open up if you're not opening up. So I hope all that made sense. I feel like, again, I'm, I'm taking you left and right here. So I, hope no, that's I love it. I love everything <laughs> that you're going into. And I love to go into like angels. <laughs> like I love to go into angels. Like, do we, do we all have like a personal angel or like, could someone who maybe passed away in our family turn into one of our angels or like, how do angels work? <laughs> okay, perfect. So I will say there's not a rule book. They're audibly telling me to say, start by saying there's not a rule book. If somebody tells you there's a rule book, walk away. <laughs> and what does that mean? There isn't a rule book. And what it, I, I'm trying to find the best words to say this. We're talking about something that's infinite and limitless, right? The only thing that can limit it and the only thing that can make it not infinite is our brains and our minds and our perception of it. Yes, I've met people who have one angel, but I've also met people who have a lot of beings of light around them that they would call angels. I've had people that I meet who their loved one is what I call part of their circle of light. And I'll audibly hear they're an angel for them now. Like I've actually heard that. And then I've heard other people who that's not what they tell me about their loved ones. You know, their loved one is playing as a guide, not an angel, a guide. So it's kind of like, I feel like it's very personal to us. And there are some of us that to help us receive the benefit of our loved ones, to help us know that we're being loved from the other side and that we're being supported and that our loved ones are there helping us. Some people need to hear that it's an angel and some people need to hear that it's a guide and some people need to hear they're just with you. Does that make sense? Yeah. The divine and the infinite isn't saying this is the rule book and this is what they are. No, they're going to show up and be who they need to be for you to receive. Mm. Okay. And one of the things that I've come to learn is that loved ones, when they cross over and I love, I love this thought, they're continuing their life purpose by helping you. I've heard a lot of people. And again, I can respect people has different opinions, but my experience of what I've been taught about this, and that's all I can deliver, right? Is that I've heard people say, oh, if you're missing them too much, or you think about them too much, you're keeping them stuck. You're keeping them stuck here. I have never, not once been shown that. Our loved ones are patting us on the back when we're doing well, rubbing our back when we're stressed, sad, and missing them, and holding us close when we need the comfort. Their energies are offering themselves all the time as part of their soul's purpose. They're walking by our side during our continued, continued life, right? With love, because that's part of their purpose. You know, it's kind of like we have an agreement. They were able to love you in the physical and they're continuing to love you in spirit. And for those of you who have had a loved one crossover, who you had a really bad experience with, maybe trauma, abuse. If they're by your side, they're not showing up in that personality. Part of the reason they are by your side and supporting you is because the biggest thing they're trying to encourage you is for you to forgive them. Not because of what they did was right or forgivable, but because they want you to be free. They don't want you to be stuck like they were stuck in their life when they were alive. So it's usually people who hurt people what they're hurting too. So I've met with people where I've seen loved ones and they're like, oh, but we had a horrible relationship. I don't even want them to be by my side. 
And I'm like, they're not by your side as a personality or the person you knew them. They're by your side as spirit, as energy. And they're by your side because if they failed while they were alive, they want to make sure they don't fail while they're in spirit. They want to support you and they want to see you free. They don't want you to be suffering of how they failed because that's not your destiny. Your destiny is not to be held back by an anchor of pain. So a lot of times these people come and they're still by your side because they want to help you be free. And the reason I had to say that is because I'm being shown some people listening are going to have that come up. Like, well, I don't want this person by my side. Mm -hmm. Well, if that person ever gets told to you is by your side is that's why. And then with angels, I sometimes, because I've worked with parents and kids, sometimes I, I see it goes back to what the person needs to hear. Sometimes I'll see an angel show up. I see Archangel Michael show up to a, for a lot of people. No, nah, thank you. They're saying that's not accurate. Let me change that. It's not true. It's because a lot of people that get brought to me have Archangel Michael working with them sometimes. So let's say not everybody, but I think it's just who I attract. Let's say it like that. That's more accurate. So as children, I've seen kids have like an angel and I'll see the angel because again, I'm very blessed that usually when I start with a child helping them because they're highly intuitive and I work with a parent, the parent just wants to keep connected because they see how much their child feels grounded and confident and supported. And from those experiences, I've been able to see the child grow, right? And develop and all that. And I've seen sometimes the angels be the same that I saw when they were younger. And then sometimes I see them more morph into the energy embodiment that supports them at that age or whatever it is they're going through. So from experience, there's not like one presence that shows up and becomes that one presence of love guiding you, but more that the infinite divine source, universe, God, whatever you want to call it is so intelligent. It's so intelligent that it will embody the energy, the angel, the master, the loved one, that will help you through anything and everything you're going through. And it might be that one angel is going to support the pain you're going through or the loss you're going through at one time of your life. And it might be that it's another energy, another angel that's helping you through an experience that's going to lead into a huge success for you. So that's been my experience of it. And I feel like the reality is with conversations like this, our words will always be limited because our language is limited. My suggestion when I talk to people and my experience from it is like the best thing you could do is to experience it, right? To lean into the experience, to lean into having that physical, tangible experience with it, because the sensations you will feel, the emotions you will feel will far above, above anything else. Actually, they don't want me to say it like that. Um, will far exceed what my words can give you. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So, you know, and I, that's one of my favorite things with what I get to do. It's like, you know, I had a, a woman who just emailed us because she's part of our blueprint and she did it, one of the meditations. And one of the meditations, the angels guided and, and it was having her see her future. Right. Mm -hmm. And she said, it was cool because she's like, oh my gosh, that was, she, she sent us a, a, a thing, a, a test. She's like, oh my gosh, that was so powerful. She goes, I thought my future looked like this, but after the meditation, I was shown things I would have never considered, would have never thought of and considered. And she was so excited, like more excited than ever about what she was doing with her life, because before there was some form of limitation, what she thought she was doing and her seeing more got her excited. Like, oh my gosh, I could do that. 
And the reason I'm being shunned to share this is because another reason our angels are in our life and another reason why we have this support all the time is because we are being pulled up to see more. Unconsciously and part of human nature, we focus our gaze in one direction and we do this unconsciously. And life tries to like the bumper cars, you know, it's like we're driving and they bump to the left and bump to the right. It's like life is trying to bump us like left and right. You know, we might perceive them as challenges, but it's doing us a favor. It's trying to get our attention out of the, the gaze we're stuck in, right? It's trying to get us to look in another direction so that we can open up to something bigger. And I feel like the more we can lean into that, like what you're saying, like, tell me more about the angels and stuff. The more you can lean into like, I want to see more. I want to be shown more. I'm willing, open and available to be guided more. The more you get to experience life outside the box that you've been living in. And that's not an insult because we all live in a box, whether we want to admit it or not, we all do. And what happens in life is that we get bumped when we get stuck in a box. So it's kind of like we jump from box to box. Let's say it like that. Because I'm in my own box and life freaking bumps me a few times here and there. And I'm being asked to like, hey, girl, dream bigger. Like, hey, like, what? why are you focus on this? There's this, you know? And one of the things that I have come to love and celebrate, but also still challenge and struggle with is the unknown, you know? I, I hear a lot of people, they're like, man, if you get so much guidance, why aren't you always asking? Like, I, people ask me, they're like, um, why aren't you always asking about this and that? Like, how to make this happen? Like, and I'm like, because I've come, I've come into a place in my own experience of life to understand and know that the unknown of what I'm being pulled into is way more exciting and delicious than what I think I know. Because on some level, our human mind will always be limited not because we're flawed, not because there's anything wrong with us, but because our human brain has been designed and we also, energy moved out as well on that. There's things outside of us that are telling us that, right? That if we know, if we have certainty that we're going to be okay. Like if we know what next step to take, if we know that we can do this or that, life is complete, but that's not it. There's so much more to what we can experience that we can't experience because we are holding back to what we think we want or what we think we know. And just from my experience, again, and reiterating that, and people, I'm very blessed that I've worked with thousands of people now, that in so many ways, life is helping us to lean more into the unknown. But being very conscientious and creative with our manifesting and that, hey, I want this to happen. And yes, I want to create this and I want to experience more of this. That's okay. But when we start getting bumped left and here, it's because we're, we're being told, hey, there's another level that you're not even thinking about, right? There's another level that you're not thinking of us. And they showed me a vision of a kid who gets a, I just got a funny vision of a kid who, who's given a, a lollipop and they're so excited. Like, oh my gosh, I got a lollipop. I got a lollipop. And you know, those lo- the big ones that are rainbows and they're huge, yeah. you know, and the kids get excited about the lollipop. And this is like us. We're so excited. But then on the other side, there's that big Mac Daddy circle lollipop that is like bigger than your face. Like, 
that's like waiting for you on that side, but you're so caught up, you know, which is good. You want to experience the joy of it. So I'm not downplaying that. Be happy, be merry, be in the joy of it. So in the gratitude, definitely keep that going. But also know that there's always another level that you can experience. Not to undervalue the level you're enjoying because that's, that's actually the secret. If you enjoy that and be in gratitude of that, you can continue into the next level. It's when we resist it that we block it. But being in the joy of it and also staying open to where else we're being led. So yeah. <laughs> love that example. And I'd love to know, your daughter, is she in her 20s right now? She's 19. 19. She'll turn 20 next, <laughs> next year. She is fully disabled. So she doesn't talk. She does have a feeding tube. She has 24-hour nursing. But I joke around because I'm like, she's sassy. She's got her sassy going on. She's mischievous in her own way. But yeah, she's almost 20. But definitely a different experience of, of faces of life and, and, and 20s, let's say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what's something you learned from her that you weren't expecting to learn? Oh, great question. I like, you're good. You're good with questions. Um, what have I learned? You know, I tell everybody she's been my master teacher. I mean, my all my kids are, but she has been, I am not who I am. If she wouldn't have been in my life, I, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be who I am today. And I love who I am today. I'm very grateful where life has brought me. And she's been my master teacher. She has taught me so much. Her disability is her gift. She, sorry, I get emotional, but she's always so happy. Like, I mean, we've been rushed to the hospital. She's been pricked. And that doesn't mean she doesn't fight it because she does. But her reset, her home is happy. She's always happy. And things can happen. And she's always open, ready, and available to love you no matter what. No matter if you're having an off day, no matter if you're having a happy day, no matter what's happening, she's very consistent in being joy and love. And she's been a great teacher in reminding me that, again, we always have a choice. She has many reasons to not be happy. You know, she has many reasons to withdraw, but she's constantly leaning in to love and, and being herself and just being in the moment. And it's part of her gift. And for me, I actually feel she's got life more mastered than all of us. Because on a deep level, I honestly feel that part of our purpose is to be more in the experience of the gift of the moment and joy and love than anything else. If you are able to be more consistently in love and in joy than you are in, in all the other emotions in the spectrum, then you've, you've figured out something. And she's figured it out in her own way. And I recognize that people may argue and be like, well, her cognitive level limits her from experiencing things or seeing things or, and all that stuff. And, and I'm like, no, I actually feel like we're the ones who are disabled. We've been, we've been taken so much from other people and what we've been told, like our society tells us a lot of things that aren't true. Our schools tell us a lot of things that aren't true. You should get a you should feel this way if this happens, you should be that if this happens, you know, you could, you need to do all of this to be successful, you need to be all of that to be loved. And it's like, we're constantly being told these fallacies and these lies, and we believe them, unconsciously and consciously, we believe them. And that's for all of us. 
But somehow in some level, she's at a place where those lies can't come in, right? They can't come in. So all these things that happened to her, if she was taking in the lie, she'd be like, oh, I should be upset about this. No, she doesn't give a shit. She's going to be happy. You ain't going to fuck up her day because she's happy, you know? Like nothing can mess that up. But for us, most of us, the lies is like, oh, that should get you upset. What? They said that to you? Oh my gosh. Or like, you know, like, oh, oh, well, (laughs) you know, it's like, so that's been the biggest thing she's taught me. And then a second thing to add to that is that she's also shown me anything's possible, anything through her limitations that most people can perceive. She's shown me anything's possible because her body, and that doesn't mean it always happens. It doesn't mean it always happens, but I've seen more miracles happen within her body and within her life that if everybody can witness them, they would see life very differently. And as I include the experiences in which, again, I was able to be shown that I could choose peace over chaos and that would bring her back to life, you know? So she's been that teacher too and helping me to see that all I have to do more is lean into my gifts. And the more that I do that, the more I can support her and the more she can be healed and the more she can be healthy. But as much as, as I do that, the more I can help other people, which ultimately what happens that helps us all. It helps her. It helps all of us. So yeah, those have been the things that she's taught me. Is there anything you think she may have learned from you or maybe what do you think allows her to stay in that place all the time? Like no matter what happens, she's always in happy and joy. Or how do you think that happens? I, you know, I, like I mentioned earlier, I just don't think she, she definitely doesn't perceive life the same way. And people may label that as a can handicap, but again, I feel like it's part of her gift. So I think that's part of it. You know, I, I don't want to give myself credit at all because I don't think that it's been my choices. I have helped with that. I do tend to be very positive and I lean into being very positive and seeing the best and the good and everything. That doesn't mean I'm perfect at it, but I'm very committed to it. I'm in a place, I've been in a place in my life for a very, very, very long time in which I've chosen to be happy and I've chosen to focus on the positive, no matter what's going on. Some people call it, you know, I've heard people say, well, you know, that's a problem. And I'm like, no, that's not a problem. They're like, well, there's different things that people, apparently there's, I forgot, somebody mentioned something to me. And I remember I was laughing. We were ended up laughing about it, but I'm asking them to remind me and they're not reminding me. But there's like a label and they call it sometimes a disorder when people are too happy. I don't know if you've heard the, the, oh my gosh, I can't remember. Anyways. And I remember laughing. I'm like, man, like humanity can be so interesting that it would actually come up with a name or a disorder for something that is actually that good. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Why? But the only thing I came to that is that, I mean, I'm sure she feels me. She, I know, not sure. I know she feels me. And I know that throughout many different things that have happened in my life, I've chosen to see the positive and the beauty of it. Whether I'm the one who seeded that within her or whether she seeded it within me, I don't know. But it goes back to that idea that it's been a mutual exchange. And again, we've been on purpose with each other. That's for sure. Um, and Again, I just think it's part of her, her disability syndrome that she's been able to bypass some of the programming that most of us get early on. And I have a final question for you. Mm-hmm. 
if you were to go back in time mm-hmm. and talk to your 20 year old self, mm-hmm. you can give her advice. If you don't want to give her any advice, that's fine too. But if you just want to tell me what you would want to do in that moment with her. Well, first I there's, I've had this question asked not just from others, but myself. Like I always like to play that game. And this is an exercise. I'm going to share something with you guys. Sounds very different, but it's a lot of fun. Um, I do meditations once a year. So I do my like check-in once a year, my annual check-in. And I kind of get clear, like, oh, I'm inviting more of this in my life. I, I pick a word to embody my year and like to add. And I invite them to show me like this year is exuberance. You know, it's like, I'm open up to more exuberance. I'm, I'm inviting it. I'm like that delicious. I love the word delicious. So I want more of that. Like I'm open to that. And anyways, that's, that's what I do. And one of the things that I do is that I kind of imagine myself always going back a year before. And I do a meditation in which I talk to myself a year from in my past and just say, Hey, this is going to be part of your year. Get ready. These are things you should avoid. These are the things that you should lean into. So I kind of have a conversation with my past self. And it's just something I do and I have fun with it. And I've done exercises where I go into my 20 year old self and and kind of like just have a pep talk like, hey, girl, this is going to happen in when you're 22. Don't worry, you're going to get through it. It's going to be fine. Trust. Do this. Play more. And I literally will have a little pep talk with myself. So what I have done when I go back, I remind myself to trust. And I tell myself to, as often as I can, to lean into whatever insight or inspiration I get, not to doubt it, to just go for it. Because the worst that can happen is that I realize that that's not what I want, or it's not (laughs) what I want to continue with. Just go for it. If you feel the excitement, pretty much lean into the bliss, lean into the joy, lean into the excitement. So I encourage that. And then another thing I tell myself is again, to to follow through every intuitive get hit I get. Like, I wish I would have done that more. Like, I wish I would have been more consistent about that. I, as I mentioned earlier, I used to be like, a, I used to have my little like tantrum, like, no, I'm not doing that. Like, no. And then I'm like, I wish I would have done it, you know? So I would have listened to more of my intuitive hits and committed to acting on it. And then the last thing, and I said it earlier, I would have gone to more Tony Robbins events. <laughs> I would have gone to way more events, like way more events so that I could be around more people who were lit up. And so that I can learn, learn ways to live and create and how to be more with life outside of what I knew. So I would have definitely done more events. I would have stretched my growth and my own potential. And then for me, Tony Robbins would have been it. <laughs> so, and of course other things, but so that would be the th- three things that I would tell myself. I love that. I loved interviewing you today. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, it was wonderful. I had so much fun and I appreciate you. And I'm so grateful that you're doing this. Because again, if there's things that at this age you guys can master, man, life is going to be so delicious. Like so delicious. The potentials <laughs> are infinite. So great thing that you're doing this. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this and sharing your energy with us. And I would love to know where can we find you online? Well, you could go to my IG or Facebook, The Angel Coach. 
Um, and my IG is the angel coach. And then on Facebook, I do have the angel coach, but also Emily Rivera. That's my personal where I share more stuff. Um, and then I'm also doing the awakened superhuman, which is what I'm very passionate about right now, which is, Ooh, energy. I just heard it really loud. So apparently I need to speak on that one a little more awakened superhuman was something that was given to me. And they said that we are in an era of the awakened superhuman and that there's so much inside of us that's waking up to literally change our reality, change our society, change our world. And there's a lot of children, like I mentioned earlier, and a lot of 20 year olds who are in this, who are here to be part of a bigger movement. So the awakened superhuman is that and helping people to tap into their intuition and their ability to own that, receive that and awaken that so they can act upon it, not just for their own reality, but for our collective benefit. Um, so I'm doing that. And that's one thing I'm loving right now. And you can find that at awakensuperhuman.com. We're in the process of updating the website. So now it's going to be looking different. And, uh, and yeah, those are the best ways to find me and connect to what it is that I'm doing and sharing with the world. And, and yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'd love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.